welcome to Buried the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And today on the show, we'll be talking about Taylor Swift's new single. We'll be talking about bike lanes in Winnipeg and the never-ending war between cyclists and drivers. And we'll also be talking about how pumpkin spice season is nearly upon us. How was your week? I have the giggles today. Apparently. Apparently. Um, I'm struggling. You're struggling today. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to make it. Um, my week was good. Pretty pretty average week, I would say. Um, I had a really good interview with the guitarist from Simple Plan, which is like a, sort of a surprising thing to say. You never know what's going to happen when they when they don't give you like the front man or the lead singer, mm-hmm. um, as you know. Yes, I do know. And it's always... Um, it's always hard I find when you're doing any interview but I find particularly music interviews how to get out of the what is the vision for this album like right what you know like kind of the questions everyone asks because that's the problem with the promotional cycle is that people talk to everybody they talk to everybody and they answer they answer the same questions in probably almost every market but those are the and they're doing back-to-back phoners all day long all day long but those are the things that people want to know and exactly people, so it's kind of like a catch-22 like you you have to get the quotes that you know you need but you also want to make it interesting for you and for them mm-hmm. so i was uh speaking to him his name's jeff because simple plan released their debut album 15 years ago and they're doing sort of a an anniversary tour as everyone is <laughs> yeah. is doing these days. Um, so we had a really, really interesting chat about sort of how the band has evolved and why they're sort of embracing the nostalgia aspect of it and not mm-hmm. sort of fighting that. Well, it used to be kind of the um, domain of sort of the dinosaur classic rock acts, well, right? Yeah. Who'd be like going out on that final yeah. victory lap. Well, but now it seems like a lot of younger acts are kind of embracing similar yeah well that's one of the things he said he's like because i asked you know nostalgic has a bit of a negative connotation sometimes Mm -hmm, and he goes you're absolutely right because it for a long time it was attached to the term has-beens right but now that's sort of been reclaimed by people who just want to relive some of the biggest moments in their career before they've stopped making new music and it's also interesting too how the focus tends to be on really definitive albums Mm -hmm. so i know tegan and sarah are doing a anniversary uh, yeah. Tour of the Con, which yeah. came out 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's also kind of um, an interesting acknowledgement of how those albums play such a huge role in our yeah. lives too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really great chat. That interview is going to be Q&A style in Uptown um, next week. So Cool. Yeah. You also saw Phantom last night. I did. I saw Phantom of the Opera and um, I loved it. I mean, I love Broadway stuff anyway. When I lived in New York, I would go... Not often because it's expensive, but, you know, a few times. Um, and I'm always super impressed at how touring productions put their stage show and their sets together. Because you like you have to move that stuff pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And the stages he- here, I, I would think, are smaller than the ones that you would see on like Broadway or West End or whatever. But man, like so creative, so such a great use of space. It was like a rotating set that like every... I guess quarter or third was like a different um, room or whatever. Um, yeah, it was just really, really well done. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. 
Awesome. I didn't go see anything. (laughs) (laughs) I've been super boring only because um, I'm going away in October. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Italy, um, which I'm very excited about. Should be. Um, But that has necessitated some like budgeting, right? Because it's just like, oh, we maybe need to stop just spending money with abandon um because yeah it's amazing yeah <laughs> it's amazing like summer where it's just oh my like God, so expensive and i thought i was being reasonable this summer and i was not being reasonable this summer no so and i i feel the same way because we work so much during the summer mm-hmm. um i'm like i won't be spending any money at all because i'm gonna be working all the time false that is, that is false. false i looked at my <laughs> credit card statement this morning and was like whoa What's how did happening? that happen yeah. yeah so i've been trying to uh I've been trying to be boring and on a budget. I feel like Gail Vazoxlade would be really proud of me. Oh, I love Gail, as we've talked about before. But at least, you know, you can you can just think about the Amalfi Coast and how much you're going to enjoy it when you have a few extra bucks in your pocket. Let us begin with Taylor Swift. Yes. Let us begin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she uh, released a new single called Look What You Made Me Do. Mm-hmm. And it kind of <laughs> broke the internet. And, oh, man, like, mm, there's a I, lot of things to talk about in regard to this. Yes. I feel like I should preface this by saying that I actually enjoy Taylor Swift. I really liked her last album. Right. I was not opposed to it. I found her, although I found her interactions with fans cloying, I found them sincere Mm -hmm. um, because she clearly recognizes that teen girls are the reason she is Taylor Swift. And you reviewed her show here, right? Yes. I reviewed the Red Tour. So that was a couple tours ago because she didn't bring 1989 here. No, no. And yeah, it was a little of the... Please like me, please like me, please like me. <laughs> Remember when Anne Hathaway hosted the Oscars? Oh, don't remind me. It was like that, Ugh. but for like a concert. And yeah. I was like, oh, but we're, but we're here already. Yeah. Like they, we're, they like we're them. on board. Yeah. So this single, yowch, woof. Like it is, <laughs> it, it is like a decent Fergie single. It. I'm actually shocked at how poor it, it is. It is not like f- musically for sure, and then thematically. It's like, what happened to shaking it off and haters going to hate? Now, apparently we hold grudges forever and then bring them up years later. I wonder if it's kind of a straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing where she was like, I could shake it off to a point and then something happened and she's like, you know what? F all y'all. I guess, but I'm going to burn them bridges. <laughs> we we both read um, a really good piece in Vice about mm-hmm. this and how um, in the lead was gave me goosebumps. It was like. In 2016, Taylor Swift said nothing. Because yeah. it's true. It's true. She didn't say anything about... And for someone who's supposed to be this feminist LGBTQ ally, she really doesn't say anything ever when it comes to Well, she's very politics. careful. She's very careful. And I can understand that. Because above all else, Taylor Swift is a businesswoman. Of and a, an extremely shrewd one. Yes. Um. So yeah, didn't really say anything. So the kind of thesis of this piece, and I agree, is that this album, there's no appetite for it. In 2017. No. Nobody cares about your petty personal dramas. Yeah. You know, like we're kind of... Read the room, Taylor. Yeah. Like (laughs) seriously, read the room. Like we're not... Who wants this? And moreover, who does this serve? Like it's just... It's just so culturally tone deaf that I have a really hard time... I mean, I'm interested to hear the rest of the record. I'm hoping that this single is not necessarily 
sort of an example of, of what the rest of the tracks are going to be like. Well, but this is also not to say that songwriters can't write about their lives or mine their personal experiences. I of mean, course. as most listeners know, I'm a big fan of memoirs and personal essays and I like when people show that part of themselves Mm -hmm. um I think the problem with this is that we've heard this from her so many times Mm -hmm. and it's also a bit hard when someone has made a career out of being a victim right to suddenly turn around and be cast herself in this weird villain role Mm -hmm. It, it just seems very it seems not only does it seem disingenuous if we're going to talk marketing and be super cynical about it, it seems off brand. Yeah. And so I think she risks alienating a lot of her young fans too, who I think are kind of looking for more of that Taylor Swift that was like well, positive. Yeah. Or like not yeah. even necessarily positive, but just the, you know, let's, haters going to hate. Who cares? Like be yourself, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And now to have someone be like actually no care deeply like care, care deeply and bring everyone down with you <laughs> yeah exactly let this affect your day-to-day where it's like yeah there's literally a line where she's like for everyone else it's like a new day for me i have to rehash my the ways people have hurt me yeah. like it's just it's it, a little too self involved and it's not even like a particularly groundbreaking rumination on trauma either like I don't even know what it is it's just like well that's like sort of my like putting aside all of this sort of political whatever and and think pieces on this song it's just a bad song it is just just a bad song fundamentally fundamentally it's the lyrics are poorly written the beat is lazy like everything about it is bad and and that's sort of what bugs me the most is that you have all these resources you can you can literally hire the best producers in the world you could hire the best songwriters in the world and this is what you come up with like- and also if you like you know as a riot girl alanis morissette like a fan of that if you want to write these scorched then earth do angry it. song Commit. write that song this is not that song no. this is i don't know what it is this so is i think like that's why a, people are like what a limp hand slapping someone in the face exactly <laughs> like if you want to punch someone in the face just do it like <laughs> and further the album that's it's from is called reputation right this is another thing we were talking about i'm i'm curious about that because it's like i didn't feel that taylor's reputation was particularly under fire no me neither which is why i was very confused about this i mean yes i mean people were sort of on her about her dating and things but for sane humans who don't care about that i mean it's kind of like hating a pumpkin spice latte like okay right like i didn't i didn't how, how does this offend you really so, like so it just makes me like m- maybe this was the point but i'm definitely more curious to hear what the rest of the album is going to sound like and broadly um of course reinvention is in the pop and particularly the female pop star oh yeah realm so i mean it's part of the cycle in some ways this is very expected it's just it's disappointing well, when you look at all a lot of other female pop stars who have done the same thing but done it well, it's, well, yeah, it's disappointing for sure. And I believe Taylor Swift is talented. Yes, um, no, I, I don't think know. that's up for debate. I just think this so, is a slip. I think that's why it's disappointing because yeah. it's like, oh, you're you're better than this. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on to bike lanes. Yeah, let's let's go from pop to local (laughs) super (laughs) clean segue there (laughs) tidy um 
yeah, so the city is now experimenting with some adjustable curbed bike lanes. Right. Hallelujah. Yes, I am very much in favor of this, even though I am not a cyclist. You are not a cyclist. And in fact, (laughs) this is my deepest, darkest secret, but I never learned how to ride a bike ever in my life. This information blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, I used to ride when I was a kid and I had like a tricycle or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then my parents, like bless their souls, tried to teach me how to ride on a two-wheeler and I hated it. And they said, look, if you really hate it this much, we're not going to force you to learn. And then I just never picked it up again after maybe seven years old. So it's been literally 20 years since I've been on That's bike. incredible. It had been a long time for me, too, because I got into a horrible bike accident when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a bike race at school. And I flipped over the handlebars. Oh, and God. My bike hit a dumpster in a back alley. And it was like it was it was like a mock Pan Am Games because that was like the <laughs> oh, time. No. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. And uh I had road rash from my wrist to my elbow and it was just oh, like, geez. you know, when you're picking rocks out of your own arm, it's like, okay, a little PTSD there. I'm done. Um, but then I got a bike last year and have fallen back in love with it because I loved riding my bike, mm-hmm. but it's funny and I'm a huge hypocrite for reacting to you just now <laughs> because that's how everyone reacts when I tell them that I, at 32 years old, don't have a driver's license. <laughs> right. So, you know, we're in the same boat, really. Exactly. So, so I don't even know how many Although people I feel like six times the charm, I guess. People, uh, I feel get, get more uppity about the fact that I can't ride a bike than if people say they can't drive. Do people view it as a challenge? Like they're going to teach you all the time. Every mm. partner I've ever had in my life was like, I'm going to teach you how to ride a bike. And I'm like, no, you're not because <laughs> I don't want to do this. So do you think that, see, for me, biking on the road was kind of scary? Well, yeah, because it's terrifying. I, I think. And I mean, there's lots of back and forth between the cyclist motorist debate and how there can be hostility towards one another, which I think, as with most hostility, is rooted in not understanding slash needing some education. Yeah. Um, You know, drivers don't necessarily know the hand signals to denote turning. Mm Mm-hmm cyclists don't necessarily a big fan of the California roll through stop signs so it's just you know there's there's things that can be improved upon on both sides but I think fundamentally the way the infrastructure is set up in Winnipeg is it's hard to bike in the city at least it used to be really hard now they're I'm sympathetic to taking steps to make it easier um you know meters at a time but still we'll take it like it's it's nice to feel secure on the roadway and feel like you're not going to be yeah driven and into or turned dri- into and as a driver it Same. makes me feel a lot more comfortable to have that barrier so that I know that I'm not going to accidentally like miss someone coming up the side or you know totally. it's just a lot less stress for me as a driver because there's just that little bit of buffer so I know that there's been concerns and kind of a bit of a lack of political will on this subject yeah, too I so I really understand why maybe because it's so expensive but it's but it's nice to see that it's finally happening and yeah. that something it's kind of like oh Look, progress, it, pro- progress Finally. can happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so thrilled to see that, and we'll see how. I mean, I, there's already concerns about snow and snow plows and all that, but we'll figure it out. If other cities have figured it out, we, we can, can figure, figure it out. We're smart, Winnipeg, we and can, maybe we can one do day it. I will even try to do it myself. Ha 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 ha! No, I won't. Use my dad's teaching trick, which is to just use it, stick a broom handle like through the back behind the seat, so like a kid can't tell if you're holding on to the seat or not because that's the anxiety right like oh my god they're gonna let go so i remember no the anxiety for me is being a 28 year old eight year old woman learning how to ride a bike but in here's public the, here, here's the thing it's, it's like that episode of friends where phoebe learns to it's exactly like you'll that. just walk your bike everywhere yeah but how this works and so for any parents listening 
this it works really well um you stick it like i don't know what the part of the bike is called because i ride bike. i don't call myself a cyclist i ride my bike bike it's the back Um, part yeah the back part so that (laughs) kids can't tell if you're about to let go of the seat and so me and my dad are going along and i'm feeling good and i turn back to tell him you can let go. Yeah. And he was still at the front of our house. Like he let go immediately. I You're rode, like, I rode all the way. I'm a champion. But then of course I freaked out and rode into like <laughs> a fence. But <laughs> but still it worked. So bikes. Bikes, bikes, bikes. Let's talk about fall. Okay. Our favorite season. Our favorite season. Yes. I'm so ready for it. I Me wasn't. too. I was a little bit hesitant to let go of summer, which climat- climatologists said. Best summer. Best summer the- ever. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Um, in Manitoba, so it was a good one. Mosquito free. Yeah, that warm. was amazing. I know. So I'm not. I wasn't really quite ready to let go, but fall for me, like September, is like my New Year's. I love September. It's my favorite month. Oh, like I like getting back into routines. I like buying school supplies. Like the whole thing. Like even though you're not in school anymore, you buy school supplies. I'm still a writer. I need notebooks and pens. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that, and someone tweeted this, and I was like, oh. I never identified with anyone more how you can buy school supplies and not actually have to go to school that's the best part that's the best part like i'll get a new pack of highlighters for no reason because i want to use them <laughs> um but yeah i like getting back into routine and i like sort of the new start that september brings so, i identify that more with like sort of the new year than what do you think January. that is just because so i think it's like the school, school year yeah yeah i think you just get really tied to it i remember i wrote a column about this i think last year but i remember i'd always used to like embark on some sort of like getting ready for school routine Mm -hmm. which was always some like ineffectual ab workout like i'm gonna do (laughs) sit-ups every morning until school starts for the next three days (laughs) (laughs) and i loved getting new clothes but it was always like still too hot because winnipeg summers right so you'd always want to wear like a new outfit on your first day of school but it's like it's 30 because it's still august yeah yeah i love this time of year yeah and I like, like, fall so cozy. It is. I like cracking out on the sweaters. And the boots. And socks. I know, I'm, I'm so tired of flip-flops. Yeah, I'm ready. My feet are I'm ready for fall. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something, but it mm. just sort of, like, faded out of my brain, which happens sometimes. That, it, it does. I see that also it's soon to be pumpkin spice latte season. See, I don't like anything pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin spice. See, for a fall person, blech, pumpkin's gross. Bananas to me. I No bikes, no pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Finding it hard to be friends with you right now. Um, I find them a little, a, a tinge too sweet, but I do enjoy like a nice, a nice, a nice PSL. Oh my God, please don't ever use that abbreviation ever again. Hashtag PSL. I'm revealing my basicness, but yeah, fall, we're ready for it. As always, we wrap up the podcast with what we're reading, watching, or listening to. What are you, you're reading, Jen? I'm reading. reading. Oh my God, reading. I'm back to reading. (laughs) It's part of my September getting back into routines. (laughs) becoming a person just read like three books a week and you'll be all caught up oh god um <laughs> yeah the book i'm reading now is not a f- quick read it is uh i'm a fan of the cultural critic chuck klosterman as i, I know you are as well too, yeah um have been reading him since his spin days yeah. and uh yeah. his first memoir fargo rock city is one of my favorite books ever and uh oh, i should really reread that it's so good um but this book is not it's actually not his newest book he's quite prolific i think this is his ninth book because i think mm-hmm. his 
latest collection of essays is called Klosterman 10. So that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he put out a book either last year or the year before called But What If We're Wrong, which I'm reading now. And it is dense because it is basically like viewing the present as though it's the past. Mm-hmm. So how ideas and social norms and everything we kind of accept as being true may not be down the line. Okay. It's really interesting, but I've been... My brain hurt to even think about it. I've been trying to read it before bed the last few nights. Oh, gosh. That would give me, like, the weirdest dreams. And I'm a fast reader. Hence why I thought the 52 books in 52 weeks would be no props. But this one is uh, is a slower slower go. I'm enjoying it so far because he brings his, his, like, humor. I met him once. You did meet him once. I did. He was a guest speaker in one of my classes when I was doing my master's degree. And he came in to talk to us about profile writing and talked about a lot of the people that he had met and and some of his funniest stories. And he's very uh, a soft-spoken but really funny guy. I, I thought he was great. He was one of my favorite people that I met. And his wife, Melissa, is also a writer. She's a music writer for a Spin, too, I think, for a long time. And then was all over the place in Entertainment Weekly as well. So we got to meet her too, which was really I think fun. it's because they're nice prairie folk. Yeah, like, they're from Minnesota. Yeah, well, and he grew up like, I think he might have been born in Minnesota, but he grew up in like a farming town, like yeah. population under 100 somewhere in North Dakota. And she came up through like the Twin Cities all weeklies. Yeah. So, so I had actually talked to her a lot about Minneapolis because obviously they're very familiar and we're very familiar as people who travel there for concerts all the time. So... He bought, name checks Winnipeg it. in this new book, and oh, like an example, like talking fun. about how like a physicist could self-publish a book <laughs> in Winnipeg, and it's like oh. that's fun. I do that Winnipeg thing where it's like someone said my city's name. I'm excited. I'm filled with pride. <laughs> um, what are you up to? So the final episode of Game of Thrones happened. I watched it. Stop rolling your eyes, Jen. People want to hear about this. <laughs> I know my homework was supposed to watch an episode because I revealed that it was my cultural blind spot yes. last episode. It, well, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because I was continue to be incredibly disappointed with the season. What season is it even in? Oh, God, don't ask me that. Six? Like, like lots already, right? Seven, six. Oh, my God. I don't... I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry, hardcore fans. I'd proceed. Um, I called it a chair of knives. Last <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was really disappointed. There was some stuff that actually happened, but I just... Like, some people died. I won't do spoilers, even though it's been a few days. Um... But I just felt like there was a, a lot of things going on, but nothing really happening, if that makes sense. So I, if there was more than one season, I wouldn't follow through. More than one season left. But since there's just one season, I'm going to power through. But I was disappointed. Yeah, You're feeling like it's time to wrap it up. I'm feeling like it's time to wrap it up. I'm also kind of getting tired of reading like the critiques of the shows. I've stopped doing that because people are like... How can a raven fly so fast to like from this place in the north to this place over here? I'm like, who cares? Like, who cares? This like, isn't a math word problem. I'm like, <laughs> a woman walked into a fire and gave like hatched dragon eggs, and you're gonna complain about how fast a raven is flying? Like, let's get some perspective here. I also like how upset everyone seems to be about the cold weather dress on the show. Huh? And how no one wears hats. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I'm like, guys, it's like you're going to have to let some stuff go for this to work. So <laughs> I am not the kind of person who nitpicks that kind of stuff because I fully acknowledge it as a television show and they have to make certain. Um, and a fantasy one at that. And a fantasy one at that. Like it's you just need to relax and enjoy it and just let it happen. Let it wash over you. Yeah. 
what's coming up for you? Oh, I'll tell you what's coming up. We have a burger crawl. That's what's coming up. Because it's Burger Week on starts September 1st. And we have five restaurants in the Exchange District who are have been kind enough to let us come in a day early to um, try their burgers. And so I'm, I'm burgers are my favorite food. So I'm very <laughs> excited. So there's six of us. Jen's coming too. And uh, we're going to try these burgers. We're going to do a really fun sort of review situation that will be up online as soon as we can get it and in the paper next week because of the long weekend there's no print edition on monday so i have my stretchy pants and my judgmental hat on <laughs> um, it's the perfect reviewing outfit i know exactly <laughs> i think so too um this isn't coming up for a while but i wanted to talk about it because i'm excited but the uh spice girls tribute band wannabe so excited for this it's coming to town in october and uh i interviewed the woman who plays posh and it was very good, and I'm very excited. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for, um, because we were talking about how, for both of us, because she's 31, I'm 32, for both of us, the first time we ever heard the word feminist was from Jerry Hallowell. So we'll be talking a, a little places. bit about, like, you know, girl power and bubblegum pop and all those things. So mm-hmm. that'll be coming up. Platform shoes. <laughs> all, all of it. Um, as always, you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegfreepress.com and of course in the newspaper. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zerati on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Naya Rebel on both of those as well. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>